Alrighty, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast on a Tuesday as we look back at week number 12. Sorry, week number 11 and look forward to week number 12, Thanksgiving week. We covered the AFC first. And now we're going to move on to the NFC. And, uh, you know, Wiz, I, I was thinking about this coming into this uh, podcast. Uh, and and I know we tried to gut it out coming back onto the field at the end of the game. But my boy Connor, again, dragged me into this uh, Julio Jones escapade. And, and I'm just sick and tired of him actually showing up two or three times a year. And that's it. You know, he's got only three touchdowns this year. He's probably not going to play again this week. If he doesn't play, I think you got to look at Zacchaeus or, or Russell Gage to kind of step in in his place. But, you know, I know he's a very physical and talented player. You know, he's getting up in years. But there is no player that I want to stay away from more than Julio Jones kind of going forward. I just don't see the risk-reward being worth it. I think he's ranked too high coming into all these drafts. I don't get it. And I'm just uh, venting here at the moment. Yeah, let me vent about Connor. In our league, I saw you put something about the defensive scoring system, but maybe you shouldn't draft the Lions and Jets as your two defenses. <laughs> now back on to Julio Jones. We've talked about it all offseason, right? I mean, we were worried that a play here, a series here, wasn't going, it was going to turn into missing a game here, a few games there. And uh, as the player has gotten older, it's just something to you have to think about. I, I don't have him in any of the leagues. I was worried about that. And, you know, I know you said you have him in one league, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's very frustrating. He's a great player. He will, he will win you your game once or twice, maybe three times during the course of the season. But it could get quite frustrating with the injuries with that player. Well, I think most people, when they're drafting Julio Jones, are spending um, a very high uh, rotisserie draft on him or spending a lot of money in an auction draft. That's, <laughs> that's it. That, he, he, there's a lot of dollars that go towards a player that wins you two or three games. I just don't understand it. So actually, that's, that's my vent. I mean, the Falcons, I thought, were going to come in and, and play very well against New Orleans. They, they look like crap this week. You know, so a big letdown. Matt Ryan really struggled, especially once Julio went out of the game. And this was Marcus Lattimore not even playing for the Saints. But that Saints front seven is playing very well. And speaking of playing well, I thought Taysom Hill held his own. Um, I, did, I did start him in one league over Aaron Rodgers. I felt going against the weak Atlanta defense as opposed to Rodgers playing against a very difficult uh, Colt defense. They ended up scoring the same amount of points, so it wasn't an issue. But I thought I, I thought um, Taysom Hill held his own in this particular game. Mike Thomas got involved in the game. It's very curious how we really didn't see much of Alvin Kamara, especially in the passing game. So I don't think that stays the case. But uh, nonetheless, yeah. I think I, I, I thought that Taysom Hill played very well. Yeah, I think the the Saints are going to use this as a sample size here to see what they got going forward. I think you know Drew Brees is just going to call quits at the end of the year. I think you know these these major injuries now. I think this will be it for him. And I think the Saints are very interested and anxious to see if Casey Mill can be given the keys to the kingdom and uh, and run the show for the Saints. Um, not only you know maybe down the stretch this year, but you know, next year going forward. And there's a lot to like about that player. And uh, he brings a, certainly a different skill set to the quarterback position. But, uh, yeah, it looked like he was getting the ball to Mike Thomas early and often. So, uh, 
there's nothing uh, nothing but promising thoughts for the for the scenes going forward. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, I don't know if most people realize this. I think Taysom Hill was discovered by um, the special teams coach uh, who's been around the league a long time. He, he's not coaching at the moment. Mike Westhoff, who's been with the Jets. He was with the Saints. But I think he was responsible for bringing um, Taysom Hill into the building. Taysom Hill's a 30-year-old guy. He spent time on a Mormon mission, uh, you know, getting his first start in the NFL. But I, I just think he did a very, very good job. Yeah, he had one or two underthrows on some of those long passes, but I think he'll get a little bit more confidence. I look forward to see what he does. Uh, and now this week he goes to Denver, so we'll see what happens in that particular game. But I, I was very excited to see him him succeed. Additionally, I was excited to see P.J. Walker, the XFL star, step in for Teddy Bridgewater, keep those offensive players from uh, Carolina Panthers relevant. I'll tell you one guy who's been amazingly relevant of late, Curtis Samuel, we talked about this guy in the preseason. Uh, he has been rock solid for the last four or five weeks. Not to take anything away from Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore, but Curtis Samuel is being used by Joe Brady in every single game in a lot of different positions. Really excited to see what he's doing. Uh, he shouldn't be on any waiver wires at this point in time. Uh, I, I, like I said, I mean, I'm impressed. I'm impressed the way um, Walker stepped into this. You know, maybe a showcase for him down the road for some other teams because I think he's on a short-term contract here. Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, they paid him a lot of money. So, you know, what were your thoughts on on the Carolina Panthers again without Christian McCaffrey? but holding up uh, against the toothless Lions. Something about these Ohio State players, Curtis Samuel, J.K. Dobbins, Tim McLaurin, the great Mike Thomas, just something about these Ohio State players. They're, they're ready to roll in the NFL, and uh, it's good to see Curtis Samuel being used in different ways and, um, and not just as a gimmick player, but actually being thrown to down the field. He, he brings a lot to the table. Yeah. I mean, I, I like PJ Walker. Uh, the coach obviously has that connection from, from Temple with him. Um, and he, you know, he, he made some mistakes. He had two, two terrible interceptions in the end zone, but didn't really matter. He's going to go into the Lions, who barely could cause midfield in that game, playing without Swift and Galladay. It's like ordering a BLT sandwich, and they tell you that they forgot the bacon, lettuce, and tomatoes. Just, <laughs> just, just it's it, it's basically two pieces of bread and a lot of nothing. So um, that's uh, that's really what we can say about the Lions. I mean. If you have Swift and Galladay, you know, it's a shame that this isn't Thanksgiving week because you get the sense that if it was on Sunday, they both would play, but uh, we'll have to see. But uh, the, the Lions are not going to be able to match Deshaun Watson and, and the Texans without Galladay and Swift in this game. So keep an update on those guys for sure. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about that game uh, probably tomorrow in some detail. But, yeah, the Lions – it's it's not good. I mean, they've got injuries all over the place. Uh, you know, it's 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 not really a good setup for this particular game. Matt, Matt, uh, Matthew Stafford is playing with a hurt thumb as well, so not a lot of good things to say here. I'm interested to see what the Bears do coming out of the bye week at quarterback. You know, you had mentioned that you picked up Mitch Trubisky in a few leagues. Uh, Nick Foles is done for a while. Um, I, you know, the, the the other quarterback is is Tyler Bray. Uh, I know that that's that's just a temporary band aid, but you know, the Bears are are 
you know, they, I think they were masquerading as a potential playoff team earlier in the year. This team is going nowhere fast. It's a it's an ugly situation in Chi Town for sure. Uh, your Minnesota Vikings are going to have to straighten out their act. That was a very bad loss, as you mentioned, to the Cowboys. But Adam Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson, alongside with um, Dalvin Cook, continue to post big, big numbers. They play Carolina. I'm interested to see what happens in that game coming up. I think there'll be a big offensive game for both of those teams. Uh, but, you know, they have to bounce back strong in this game. And, you know, Devontae Adams for the Green Bay Packers, he's as consistent a receiver as you're going to get in the game right now. I was reading a tweet that he said this is uh, high accolades for Cooper Cup. He called him the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. But, you know, Devontae Adams isn't one of these kind of showy guys. He just goes out there and he just makes plays. Aaron Rodgers, even though he doesn't have a lot of help around him, I know Marcus Valdez-Scantling made a big mistake in this particular game. Uh, they do get Alan Lazard coming back. I think this will help that offense. And I know Tanyan has become a little bit of a focal point for, for Aaron Rodgers. He had a big game this past week. But, boy, Devontae Adams is just incredible. Uh, he continues to put up gaudy numbers. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers looks very confident. You know, they play against the Bears this week. Um, I believe that's a Sunday night game, if I'm not mistaken. I actually think um, Al Michaels has the week off. I think um, I think you'll see Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy doing that game, if I'm not mistaken. So anyway, that's on Sunday night, but I look forward to seeing what Aaron Rodgers can do. Uh, actually, I'm going to have to make a decision here. Aaron Rodgers against the tough bear defense or Taysom Hill in one of my leagues. So that's, a, that's an interesting decision for me. Yeah, nice. You give like some analysis on the players, on the broadcasters. Fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the Vikings trick a lot of people, but they don't trick me. I predicted that the Cowboys would win this game. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, I wasn't surprised, sadly. Uh, you know, this is what they do. Uh, they, you know, they, they tease their fans. Uh, they get them all excited that they're going to go on a big run, and then they lose to the Falcons at home. They lose to the uh, the Cowboys at home. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised about that. Aaron Rodgers must go home and wish and watch highlights and be thinking, my goodness, if I had CeeDee Lamb, if I had uh, Justin Jefferson, if I had Jerry Judy, if I had T. Higgins, you know, instead of moving back to take – uh, Jordan Love, if I would have another one of these receivers, uh, where would I be right now? And especially he must be thinking of that after that Valdez Scanling fumble, had the ball in the wrong arm after he caught the ball and um and that cost the Packers the game. So yeah, and and the the bear is just more of the same with that ugly quarterback situation, no running game, so We'll have to see how it goes. It just looks like it's Green Bay's division by default. The other teams just can't see they can't seem to get their footing going. All right. Speaking of divisions, uh, you know, we've been volleying back and forth about the NFC East. We got a big game where one team, most likely, if there's not a tie, will come out with four wins where the Cowboys are playing the Red, uh, the, the Washington football team. We'll talk in detail about the particular game uh, tomorrow. Um, I think all of these quarterbacks in this division, are, it's very interesting when you look at all of them. So, we know Carson Wentz is playing horrendously. Alex Smith is an amazing comeback story to me. He's an automatic uh, comeback player of the year based on you know what he had to deal with the year um, uh, after hurting with that gruesome leg injury. And for people who have not watched Project 11 on ESPN, you have to watch that documentary. Just incredible what 
Alex Smith really had to go through. But you got him in, in, in Washington. You know, we talked about Andy Dalton. He was brought in for a reason for this for this money um, for one year. Uh, and I think I think the Cowboys, to me, uh, out, of the, out of the teams that played this past weekend, looked like the team to beat in this division. Ezekiel Elliott finally over 100 yards. Um, uh, Dalton managed to get Lamb and Cooper involved in the game. So you have to be encouraged as a Cowboy fan as you head into the, your home, a traditional home game on Thanksgiving against the Washington football team. And then there's the Giants, who have played very well all year for uh, Joe Judge, the rookie coach from the New England Patriots. A um, little bit of a controversy coming into the week with, with him having to fire the offensive line coach, which in a team that doesn't have a good offensive line warrants some concern. But they've been getting good efforts from Wayne Goldman. I think the receiving core has been confident you know, between Slayton and, and Sterling Shepard. And Daniel Jones finally had his first game in Week 10 without a turnover as a New York Giant football quarterback. So let's see what happens. But Wiz, right now, if you had to make a bet who's going to win this division... Who would your choice be? Mine is the Cowboys. I'm going to say right now, you asked me who's going to win this. to the Cowboys. I'm moving to the Cowboys as we speak right now. I think to pick the winner of that division, you have to use the old old Mo system. Eeny, meeny, miny, Mo. I mean, it changes every single week. The thing I'll say about the Cowboys is it looks to me, and I've said this before the podcast, talking about the games last week, the bye week has done Ezekiel Elliott wonders. He looks healthy to me. Pollard looks good as, as the guy that spells Elliott, not a full-time share. That's when they're better off, when Elliott's getting the lion's share of the carries and Pollard's coming in to spell him. And, you know, I just think the world of C.D. Lamb, I just think he's a terrific player. And uh, even with Andy Dalton, I think he's going to, you know, put up good numbers he made some amazing catch tracking that ball um, against the Vikings this past Sunday. Uh, this is a this is a big game, um, but if that offense could put points on the board, um, they are certainly as good as anyone in that division. They're, they're, they're all evenly matched. I mean, you know, Carson Wentz, you just don't know what you're going to get with him, the, the, all of the turnovers. The same thing with Daniel Jones, the ball security. Um, so it's, in a way, it's so unpredictable. It's almost entertaining to watch that division play. But, you know, looking at it right now, I would say that the, the Cowboys with their Offensive weapons all intact probably can win this game on Thursday and uh, and and be leading the division if Seattle beats the Eagles. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That, that Seattle Eagle game. Sorry, Seattle uh, Eagles game is a Monday night game, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? It is. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, the Eagles are in a tricky spot here right now. The Eagles are in a very tricky spot. I, I, I just They have just not played well. Apparently, all hell is breaking loose on um, sports radio in Philadelphia. They've notoriously been a tough crowd and uh, apparently screaming and yelling for heads. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a strange game. And, yeah, Monday Night Football brings out uh, some strange things and uh, – It'll it'll be an interesting game to see when you have uh, the Eagles play the Seahawks for sure. 
Well, I think the one thing with the Seahawks, when I look at what took place in their game, uh, which seems like forever ago uh, when they played the Arizona Cardinals last Thursday night, but getting a running game going again was a big factor in kind of balancing out the offense. Uh, obviously, it was a big win for them. Uh, Kyler Murray played in this game injured, uh, which really didn't help. So I have to watch. you have to watch that injury because I think that definitely affected them in this particular ball game. But Carlos Hyde, an outstanding game. They're expected to get um, Chris Carson back. But I think we're going to see a little bit more balance from the Seattle offense as kind of we move through here. And quite frankly, it makes weapons like Tyler Lockett and, and DK Metcalf that's that much more effective when you can kind of use a little bit of a play-action stuff. I'd say the one thing to watch here, and we talked about Greg Olson coming, you know, last few games. He's been banged up in practice, and now he's out and out of the way. So I'm going to be curious to see who Seattle actually uses at the tight end spot, whether it's Disley or, or Hollister. And I think that's an interesting thing to watch out for. The Niners come back from a break this week. I think they're going to get both Mostert and Debo Samuel back. Uh, I think that'll be helpful. But, you know, right now the Niners are on their last gasp here. Uh, they've got to win out to have any chance at the playoffs. Um, maybe the break helps this team. This team also went through some COVID stuff. I think they, those players have all been cleared now, but... But you know, they, the Niners are going to have to finish strongly here. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the Rams already, and uh, you know, it was really good to see them get that win this past week. Uh, I think they played a very effective game plan and utilized the strength of that team. And Robert Woods and Cooper Cup having big games and really stayed away from that passing, sorry, that rushing defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, Seattle's got, you know, the Russell Wilson and, you know, they, those dy- that dynamic duo with Lockett and Metcalf. But Carson gets them the tough yards. Carson gets them the tough physical – gives them the tough physical play that they need. The rest of those guys are really good. You know, Metcalf's a tough, tough guy, no question about that. But, you know, they play kind of a finesse game without Carson. Carson brings that rough – style to get the tough yards to get the physical yards and he seems to get better the more carries he gets so he kind of makes that whole drink you know the old uh, Daryl strawberry thing you know on the straw that stirs it i think you know chris carson is the straw that stirs that drink you got to have him for them to get the tough yards to make that passing game even better and it certainly takes pressure off of russ wilson um, as far as the other teams go, yeah, I mean, the 49ers without Kittle, they have to have Mostert and Debo Samuel back uh, to even have a chance um, to do anything. The Rams, you know, we talked about the Rams, how, how well they played, and they're just amazing how that offensive, uh, how, 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 how strong that offensive line held up without uh, Whitworth. So that, that was impressive. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good division and uh the Kyler Murray thing is a little worrisome um you know that's 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 something to keep your eye on because uh if there's real soreness there and a throwing shoulder that could that could that could matter um you know going forward certainly uh, so I'm going to add one thing on this division and, and this is I, I noticed this was quite glaring in this particular game so the Seattle Seahawks defense through the first half of the season has been, you know, terrible. Jamal Adams has been out. Um, they've had a lot of injuries in the secondary in addition to Adams. But a couple of things have happened. First of all, they went out and got Reggie Dunlap. They got Snacks Harrison. Um, they got He was on their practice squad for a while. He's active now. But Seattle defense 
and I, granted, I know uh, Kyler Murray was not 100% in this game, but the Seattle defense played a much more aggressive style of defense in this particular game. And if they're running the ball more and their schedule is very favorable, I think they're going to be hanging around as a, as a streaming defense out there. So I would say if they're out there, this might be a good opportunity to pick them up. I thought they had a much better effort this particular week with all those guys in action. It was a very different story. Seattle defense looks like a defense you may want to own during the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's interesting, and uh, they they certainly played better. I mean, this will be an interesting game to see, like, you know, going up against the Eagles, you know, can they put pressure on Wentz, force him into errors? Because, you know, the Eagles have, with Sanders back and, and Fulgham and Dallas, and Dallas Goddard back, um, you know, I know Rieger is back as well, and and Elson Jeffrey, but they they have they have good skilled players. So I think this will be a good test on the road Monday night to see what they do because if they play a strong defensive game, you could really start them with confidence in the next few weeks because uh, down the stretch, like weeks thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen, I think I want to say they play the Jets, Giants, in Washington. Yeah, that's, so, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, and, oh, and, yeah, that's... yeah. In this game, Carlos Dunlap had two sacks, right? You know, Harrison's a good, a good player up front, and we know Jamal Adams what he does. But getting those players and adding them to what they have there is, I, I think that's something to watch. That's all. I know they've hurt everybody this year because they've done absolutely no- nothing. But I just think you know you have to look at the situation, you have to look at the schedule, and it's probably a defense that's hanging on in a lot of waiver wires. No question about it. One thing Snacks Harrison stole his name from your partner, Snacks Mikey Meadows. So uh, I don't know if Mike has copyrights on that one, but he 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 was called Snacks many many years ago. So um, we'll uh, we'll have to see and look up and see about potential lawsuits about that one. Uh, so just a couple of quick news items that have been coming out here. It is Tuesday, and uh, DeAndre Swift returned to practice limited session. Um, and I don't know, they're saying for Kenny Galladay that he was held out of Tuesday's practice after getting in a limited session on Monday. So once again, a situation that you're going to have to watch. Uh, Raheem Mostert was brought back from injured reserve. We had mentioned that already. And I did see that the Jets put LaMichael Perrine on their IR. So, you know, as mentioned, um, you know, Frank Gore, 36 years old, but... He's probably going to be around on a few waiver wires. Some some teams are going to probably stick their noses in and grab Frank Gore to help them in their stretch run. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, he got a lot of carries, and uh, yeah, I guess, I guess they're going to do that. Yeah, it's a shame about, uh, yeah, it looks like DeAndre Swift will be a go, and what a shame about Kenny Galladay. You you had him as your number one overall wide yep. receiver this year, right? That's correct. And he just, you know, just the injuries, it's so frustrating to have these guys that just can't, they just can't get on the field. It's 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 horrible. Uh, yeah, it hurts a lot. And, uh, you know, especially, too, in leagues, uh, the, the leagues, I own them in two leagues where we don't have IR slots. So you don't want to drop a player like that. But you, so you keep him on the roster. It prevents you from maybe making a pickup because you're hoping that he gets back. And, yeah, you want to talk about frustrating. Yeah, I don't have a place to put him. He sits on the roster. He takes up a spot. And I'm letting some decent opportunities pass me by. And at some point in time, you probably have to cut the cord on it. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's, that's the way of it. 
Yeah, and also the Niners designated Jeff Wilson and Mostert to return from IR. So um, we'll, we'll you'll see how that plays out going to the end of the week, which guy they actually activate. Because it, all it does means that there's a 21-day window for the player to be actually taken off injured reserve. So don't know if it's this week, next week, the season. Who knows? But uh, I think there's a real chance that uh, you'll see Mostert this week. Yeah, and the Niners will be playing, if I'm not mistaken, the Rams on Sunday. So inter-division inter- game, and you know, look, the Niners are a proud team. They were, they were, they were in the Super Bowl last year. We've talked about Super Bowl hangover, but they need to win out the rest of this year, and it starts this week against the Rams. Yeah, no question about it. So that's it. I guess tomorrow we're going to talk about the uh, the three. Potentially, or two Thanksgiving games, because uh, by tomorrow night we may get a different result about the outcome uh, if the game will be played between the Ravens and Steelers, right? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll look for those updates. But any more cases is going to put that game uh, probably on hold until later in the week. So, but that's it for Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast uh, recap of the NFC. Uh, catch the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. I'll wish you a good rest of the evening, Wiz, and we will chat tomorrow. You got it.